Hello everyone, uh, look up with Noni. This has been a very lovely journey for me. I'm growing through my recovery and I have memories of where I come from and how far I am now, taking it one day at a time. What's in my heart today is staying stopped. Staying stopped in using substances, in drinking alcohol, uh, using any form of mind-altering substance. Many times I tried stopping on my own and a few times I did succeed but it wasn't for long. So the challenge was to stay stopped. The challenge was staying stopped. I could stop for a month, uh, but as I progressed in my active addiction, I could only stop for a week. And then there were times where it was just weekend and it ended up being a few hours and I ended up not trying and I ended up having lost hope that they I could stop and when I went to rehab and even when I, I joined the 12-step program fellowship I was in so much doubt I was I just didn't believe that anything could save my life because I know how hard I had been trying on my own and how much I really didn't want to be in active addiction and the efforts that I put on my own that didn't work. It was very painful for me when maybe I'm coming back home and um, I still have or I can still relate to how it would be like to be able to spend time with my daughter. But I couldn't. I could just see her and I couldn't look her in the eyes because I didn't like the person that I'd become and I couldn't connect with her. It felt like something was holding me back. Like I'll see her, I would like I would want to play with her, but I just wouldn't have it in me to be able to be present and be with her, be a present mother be a loving mother, a supporting mother, patient mother, a mother that has time for her daughter. I remember this other time, I most of, most of the time she used to have plays at school and I wouldn't pitch. So this one time I actually made it. I remembered in the morning that I went to support her but she wasn't expecting me to be there so she didn't see me in the crowd so I got an opportunity to look and to just watch her at school and she was just you could see other kids were happy they had joy in their eyes even the kids that their parents weren't there or my daughter didn't see me in the crowd because she didn't expect me to be there and also because I disappointed her so many times and I felt, I felt a lot of pain looking into her eyes 
I was still inactive at that time. But I, I knew that I, I just can't be the mother that she deserves. I just, I, I didn't have it in me. And the only way to do that, to deal with that, was for me to continue numbing my feelings. And acting like that day never happened. And I still remember that day, even today, because it hurts me. Even though I'm happy now that I I can't be with her. Um, about two days ago, we were watching something together and we laughed. And, you know, it was, it was just a very precious moment for me. Because I know how hard um, it, it was for me to connect with her. And remembering that I went through a time where I thought I would never be able to be present in her life. I would never be able to be a mother. We, it's still new, but I am here. She is here. I can speak to her. I can be part of her growth. I'm, I, I get excited when I see her achieve certain things. She relies on me for advice. I can be a mother. And I thought substances had taken that away from me. I couldn't be interested as much as I wanted to be, but I just couldn't find it in me to be able to be present and be a mother. But now I can you know, when I was trying so hard to to leave substances, I changed cities. I changed um, using days. I thought, okay, I'll only use on special occasions. But every day started becoming a special occasion. Because I was powerless over the substance. I just found ways and means to use without realizing that my life was really just controlled by using substances. I actually never thought that I'll be free and be able to sit like this and be part of life and be free from mind-altering substances. Just to be able to relate normally to people without shying away, without feeling like you've done something wrong, without just feeling guilty because I knew that I wasn't myself, but I just couldn't get myself out of it. Now I can relate to my family, I can relate to my sisters, my aunts. My cousins, my uncles, these people have always been there in my life and they've always believed in me. I can just imagine the pain they were going through when they felt helpless, when they couldn't get through to me, when they couldn't help, when they could see me sinking helplessly and they couldn't save me. Only I could have taken that 
that first step to save my life. Only I needed to be brave enough, needed to be humble enough to take that first step. Only I had to be ready to welcome all the help there is or fight for my life. Because every day I, I still believe that I'm fighting for my life. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to be thinking about substances every second and allow substances to steal away my joy, my life, everything that I'm enjoying today. So when I came into recovery, I just had this gift of willingness. I was so committed in doing everything that I could, but I still had my doubts that it could work because of how hard I tried on my own and it didn't work. So I I just believed that I was doomed. But I still I also I still gave it a try and I did everything that I could. I went to meetings every day. I read literature on recovery. I met people who are ahead of me and consulted with them and took all the suggestions that they gave me. And I was ready to be a new person because I was told that for the program to work, I need to change. Because the old person that I was was not part of the solution. The old person that used to fail over and over again to stop using substances was not going to be part of the solution. So three months into recovery, when I woke up and I hadn't thought about substances, it was, I just couldn't believe it. I remember it was three months. I, I just didn't know what had changed, why I hadn't thought about them. Besides the fact that I hadn't used, I just hadn't thought about them. For me, it was a miracle. I still believe I'm a miracle even now. Because I know how hard it was and I know how loud they used to speak in my mind. But being in recovery doesn't mean that I'm cured. Being in recovery means I'm fighting every day for my life. Meaning, uh, being in recovery means that I've accepted that I need to stay grounded in spiritual principles. I need to value my life and fight for my life every day. It means I need to be humble. It means I need to be grateful and be thankful for the good things that happen in my life. And it means that I, I need to have a purpose in life. This is why I like helping other people. Because I know the pain. The pain of being in active addiction. So as I was in my journey, everything is going well. In the first three months... I realized that the desire to use was gone. It was gone, completely gone. 
but I know that addiction doesn't have a cure. So what happened this other time, I I went to, I started going to church, so I went to church this other day and um, I just was just having a beautiful day, I drove back home and then when I got home, I felt like having a cup of coffee, so I made a cup of coffee and then I sat outside by myself in the patio. As I was sitting there, I just had this feeling. I just felt bored, like, what to do now? And all I, all I needed to do was just to grab my cup of coffee and have a sip, put it down, have another one, put it down, have another one. But before then, when I was in active addiction, I couldn't do that. Those are the moments that I couldn't do. When that voice says, we bought now, what are we supposed to do? That's when I used to go buy wine. That's when I used to go buy a substance. I, I couldn't be by myself or be with myself and be in my thoughts just be and not do anything so when I realized that this is one of my triggers but I've overcome the trigger I can actually sit and just have coffee and not have to use I was so grateful I was so grateful so soon after that um, I had a meeting it was an evening dinner meeting with someone. So when I was sitting with them, they they had two glasses of wine and then they stopped and they had uh, coffee. I was drinking juice, sparkling water. Um, so the meeting went on for maybe an hour and a half. I also had food. Um, so it was very fascinating for me to see someone who can actually drink two glasses of wine and decide, no, I'm just going to have coffee, water, because that's something I couldn't do. I can't do that. That's something that I'll never be able to do if I were to drink again. So when everything, um, the meeting was over, I, was, I drove home. So when I was driving home, my mind started wondering, Oh, it's not uh, that late. Maybe you could go check on your old friends. And without being grounded in the principles that I know now and have valuing my life and fighting for my life, I would have decided to go see my old friends because I know they're still up at that time. It was around 11 p.m. And it was just this soft voice saying, you don't have to go sleep now. You can go see your friends. But then I took a decision to go home. And I just remembered that this is what I couldn't do. When I was still in active addiction, I used to hear the small voices and I used to follow them. I used to hear the soft voices whispering 
and I used to follow them. And that's where the struggle is. That's why I couldn't stay stopped. Because I didn't have the 12-step program that gave me the tools to have an entire psychic change. The person that is the solution. Because the old person couldn't. So before I had the program, there was no way I was going to be able to not fall for those soft voices. Because they're speaking to a person who hasn't changed. Who's only trying without knowing anything better. And then there was a time I was, I had an argument, I think, with my sister or all of my sisters. I, I can't remember exactly what was happening. But this thing had been going on for about a week. And, and then I decided to go to uh, a meeting. So on my way back, I just felt like crying in the car. So I cried. I was in so much pain. This is I was in recovery at the time. And as I finished crying, the soft boys came back. This is me like nine months now in recovery. The soft voice said, how about you have a glass of wine? You've cried a lot today. You can drink again. And again, I knew then that the old person used to suffer from these soft voices. That because of the problem that I have now, I don't have to fall for them because I know where those soft voices take me. And there was a time again, I was just over a year clean. I had a dream. I dreamt that I was drinking and using and I shared about it in a meeting and that dream went on and on for days it ended up leading me into having cravings this is me this is a year later now in recovery and I knew then that if I were to leave recovery I stand no chance because the soft voices will always come addiction doesn't have um, a cure addiction is sneaky it's cunning it's baffling. It's powerful. It uses any chance to attack you. Well, to attack me. So I need to stay. I need to to be where I am because these things they happen to me. I know when it I know when the voice is overpowering me. And because I have the principles, I go to meetings, I speak to my sponsor, I do my step work, and mainly I have God in my life. That's the only reason why I can overcome overcome those thoughts. Because addiction doesn't have a cure. Addiction doesn't have a cure. And this is why I wanted to share about staying stopped. Because I think the journey is about staying stopped. Every day of my life, I'm fighting to stay stopped.
I know on my own I couldn't. But now, one day at a time, I can't stay stopped as long as I keep doing the next right thing.